Hello, everyone. I'm constitutional attorney Catherine Henry. And uh, Lori, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I think sometimes we gloss over who else we have today. Oh, I'm just Lori. I'm just somebody behind the scenes. <laughs> um, who always has a much better hair day than I do, mind you. Yeah. But. I, I need to warn you that um, I have a bat in the house again. So if I disappear, I'm ducked under the table and. <laughs> and that is Michigan, ladies and gentlemen. Lori <laughs> is coming to you live from the middle of nowhere, Michigan. So. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful um, nowhere. Well, and uh, I guess while we're getting some mornings out of the way, I just want to let you guys know I, uh, if I come across so grumpy or hangry or anything like that, although I, I might be a little hungry. Um, I'm actually, uh, I'm just really not feeling well because Saturday evening I had a pretty bad jellyfish sting and uh, didn't think it was affecting me all that much, but Mike was doing some research and found out yesterday that some of the symptoms I've been having in the last couple of days since then are attributable to the poison from the jellyfish. So I feel like crap. And um, my back hurts like I'm going into labor, but I'm not pregnant. Uh, so, um, uh, but I've been through that process, so I know what that feels like. And I actually feel a little bit nauseous. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm going to just try to grin and bear it and uh, make sure to bring this important information and timely information to you today. But I do apologize that it might not be as lively and charismatic and upbeat as I would normally like to make it. Uh, well, I guess, Lori, all that's going to be on you. Oh, great. <laughs> well, we already got some people on, on our stream. We got Nicole on Facebook. Um, we got Jane over there. Hello, Jane. And yep, Liberty Cause is already causing trouble. <laughs> no, he hasn't yet. <laughs> Um, so hi everybody so let's see here um i was already pressing the wrong buttons because i'm not thinking as clearly as i normally would and uh even to a leave which i never have to take i mean if i have to take to a leave then it's a bad deal but to a leave uh i've been hardly cutting into it so at any rate um all right let's see if i'm going to press the right thing here all right so Hopefully, I don't have any significant typos or uh, other things <laughs> I need to apologize for, but we'll see. Um, all right, so let's get rolling here. Um, so this is, of course, our Restore Freedom Weekly episode number 34. If you could believe it or not, we've been doing this particular type of video series to you now for 34 weeks straight. Um, and today's topic, we're talking about Michigan Lieutenant Governor as uh, and uh, the state convention coming up this weekend, yes, this Saturday in Lansing, uh, but also uh, talking about today being Florida's primary election day. For those of you who are maybe just finding this video for the first time, don't know anything about me or who I am, um, like I said, I'm Catherine Henry, I'm a constitutional attorney. Um, I'm licensed in a variety of jurisdictions, but my main jurisdiction is the state of Michigan, where I have been living and had my law practice for the last many years. 
Um, I'm not living there anymore, but I am still practicing law there. And I was actually a member of the Michigan GOP state party, as well as the second congressional district. Um, and um, of course, a precinct delegate. I was a uh, an elected official in those respects, but also I served as Georgetown Township trustee, a, a board member for the fifth, seventh largest township in the entire state of Michigan, a little over 50,000 people, uh, similar to the city of Midland, where I had uh, been living prior to marrying my husband. So uh, that's my connection to Michigan and why I am a little bit in the know about uh, where to look for some of these things and pieces of information and things to consider. Um, and then also as far as why I talk about the Michigan, uh, or excuse me, the Florida primary, well, let's let's be honest, regardless of my bias towards Michigan and Florida being the places where I was born, Michigan, and raised, Orlando, Florida, uh, and then living for quite a bit of my adult life, Michigan, but uh, now living here until I die, Florida, uh, besides those biases, um, Michigan and Florida are definitely... Um, uh, it's it, it, if I can't even think of my words today, but uh, undeniably, two of the most important states when it comes to um, well presidential elections, but quite frankly, a lot of other things. I mean, the entire country has been watching. Oh, you know Gretchen Whitmer, you know your favorite politician. I know if you're watching this video. Um, but then think about the national attention that, say, DeSantis has been getting um, or, you know, this little guy, um, not really well known, uh, lives in uh, the southern part of Florida, had a tiny little FBI raid uh, recently. Uh, anyway, I think he used to serve as the president of the United States. And if I uh, remember correctly, may have had... Um, a different result in that election other than what mass media reported. But anyway, aside from those people living down here uh, and uh, the importance nationwide, um, that's that's the why I wanted to focus on, on these two states, particularly this week. Sometimes we just go into general constitutional topics that apply nationwide. But I wanted to give you guys, even those of you who don't live in Michigan or Florida, I wanted to give you all something to think about, some resources to consider. Uh, you know, a lot of times we're told this is just the way that it is. I knew I would end up talking uh, this much if I left my little face tiny. So I'll make it bigger now and then I can shut up and get back to the slides. But anyway, that's just how it goes. So um, what I want you to do is think about, don't, don't take somebody's word for it. Even people that you trust, there's a reason why, don't take somebody's word for it that this is just, this is what's required. This is the way it works. This is what we have to do. Because oftentimes, even the people that we trust don't quite realize what, say, the state law says about a particular procedure or what the constitution requires or what uh, the state party convention rules or bylaws or other things like that require. And the reason why that's important is if you're watching this, I'm guessing that you think the Constitution is important, but I'm also guessing that as a general rule, then you tend to think the rule of law is important. Well, then you need to know what the rules or laws are in any given situation. 
and uh, just just trusting the process or the way that it's always been done or the people who we normally would just look to for those kinds of answers, uh, we got to stop doing that. We got to look at things ourselves. Am I asking you to just trust my word for it? No, that's why I work on all the slides and things. The reason why we were seven minutes late going live today. Um, I wanted to get enough of the, um, you know, the citations and the links and the screenshots and whatnot available for you to show you so you could see exactly what you're looking for. So you don't have to take my word for it because you shouldn't. You should know where to look yourself. And that is the whole point of why we do this. By the way, hello, Dwayne. Um, I'm way too mentally and physically exhausted right now to uh, to figure out how to just give you a hard time yet today. So hopefully you will take it easy on me. Um, but Lori is fair game, you know, so go ahead to tease Lori. <laughs> um, okay, so actually, Jane, that's an important thing that I just saw in your comment one minute ago here on YouTube. Uh, Jane's comment, uh, in case some of you are watching it on um, a mobile device or just listening to it and you can't see the tiny words that are on our screen now, but uh, Jane says, I'm not at all happy with our pick for governor, Tudor Dixon and Shane Hernandez for lieutenant governor. It is what it is, though. That's actually the thing, though. It is not what it is, or I'm not sure how to say that, but it is what it is, is not correct. Uh, what appears to be what you're stuck with is not necessarily the case. Now, I'm not talking about Tudor Dixon. That's a whole nother ball game. I'm talking about um, assuming that the um, conservative pick for governor or the Republican nominee is Tudor Dixon. We're starting with that assumption. Uh, we're going forward from there about what the state law really says, though, about lieutenant governor and um, those other races. So uh, with that being said, all right. Um, okay. And I'm glad that, um, let's see, I'm just going to show this one here. Uh, those delegates, uh, this is a comment on Facebook. Uh, Nicole says that we delegates representing Kalamazoo had our meeting last night to discuss this before Saturday. Nicole, I'm going to suggest that if you hear something new today, that you please get in contact with your fellow delegates and you have a further conversation because uh, on one hand, I'm really hoping you all already know if you're especially if you're a delegate to this state convention or an alternate to this convention that you know what I'm about to say in this video. But if you learn something new, then I'm really hoping that you grab onto that and you do something with it, because I'm telling you now for a reason. And I don't know when Tudor uh, selected Shane. Um, my husband only mentioned it to me um, two days ago. And I said, oh, I guess I'm going to get questions on that. And so be it. And so here we are. And this is the topic for the week. Um, okay. Oh. Okay. All right. Jane is talking about um, picking a, a vote possibly for a different, um, different person. So um, all right, with that, I will finally throw us back down here. And um, like I said, today is primary election day in Florida. I'm actually really excited, I will say, because this is my first time being able to vote down here in Florida. Uh, very interesting that I received voter 
um, cards, voter registration updated cards from Georgetown Township uh, a couple weeks before receiving my updated cards uh, down here in Volusia County because redistricting happened a lot later down here in Florida than it did in Michigan this year. Um, but uh, I made sure to let the the township clerk, who is someone I ran with, know that uh, I'm not voting in Georgetown Township <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Certainly not this year. Um, okay. Well, and I guess, yes, good morning. That would be to those of you in uh, areas like Los Angeles. Um, you, you brought up an important part. Um, we, we know there's issues with voting. Uh, what we haven't done is when we move, we don't make sure the the place we left knows we moved as far as the precinct goes. So and I think going forward, anybody moving, anybody changing precincts, anything, they need to make a point to go back to their old place and say, hey, make sure you take me off your rolls. Um, and I would say, because they haven't been good about keeping up on that stuff. And I would say have multiple conversations because, mm -hmm. um, see, I knew this would happen. Um, wait, where'd we go? Uh, there we go. So let's be clear. It's not that I was uh, uh, just a typical voter who was irresponsible about letting my prior uh, jurisdiction know that I wouldn't be voting there. First of all, I was on the township board serving with the township clerk and the township supervisor, uh, superintendent. So um, they knew that I was moving. They had my new information. <laughs> So they knew I wasn't voting here anymore. But I also, uh, when we moved down here, uh, before I even had a chance to get a house and register to vote, I actually received information from the township that they, somebody had taken their own initiative once we sold our house and didn't have a new house yet um, anywhere. Uh, they decided to remove me and my husband from the rolls. I'm like, oh, well, that's nice. I'd fight you on that, except for I actually do intend to move out of the township. But anyway, um, so not only that, but then uh, sometime later, like in October or something like that, once we were at our new house and fully registered to vote down here, we received something from the actual state of Michigan elections, um, Secretary of State Elections Bureau. Uh, at any rate, uh, they were asking basically for confirmation that we were not going to be voting anymore in Michigan elections. And... I sent both of those back in. I brought them to the post office myself. And uh, lo and behold, fast forward, what, six, uh, no, it'd be more than that, like eight months or so. And voila, I received new voter registration from the state of Michigan again. <laughs> so uh, the township knew, the state of Michigan knew, got, gave me written confirmation of such, and yet still seem to keep me on the rolls. So keep that in mind that you are responsible for um, making sure your old records are truly finally closed out because if not, someone, usually a dead person somewhere that tends to be a Democrat, will vote in your place. And so that's a very important thing. Now that's not what we're talking about today, but Lori brought up something very important there. So without any further ado, <laughs> um, and uh, I'm just, I'm super excited because of where we get to vote today. But anyway, it's, it's a historic landmark. I'm no longer voting in a church. Uh, that's the first time in many, many years. 
Okay, so um, who really selects the lieutenant governor nominee in Michigan? That's, you know, the main question today. And I threw our true or false. In fact, I'm I'm going to have to move. Um, I'm going to have to skip slides uh, and come back to this one. Lori, don't let me forget this week. Uh, <laughs> but, and I will make this slideshow available publicly later. But uh, because I do have some links in here that I want you guys to have, and I'm not going to let them stay on the screen too long because, well, the Republican Party didn't make it simple to copy these links. So at any rate, uh, the question is true or false. The gubernatorial candidate in every state always selects his or her lieutenant governor. Well, when you think about it, okay, well, the president selects the vice president, right? Um, who's going to run on the ticket with them. Uh, if you have anything uh, elsewhere on a, on a smaller scale, you typically have, you know, a slate of people or perhaps a chair and a vice chair that run together. Um, when I became part of the Michigan um, uh, state, um, man, all my words are going today. Thank you, jellyfish. Um, whatever I'm saying, what was I, uh, Lori? I was, uh, when oh, I was committee. state committee woman, getting to be a state committee woman, I actually didn't think I'd win, uh, but I didn't really run. I was actually just agreeing to be part of a slate of some awesome freedom fighters. Um, and it was my, uh, two of my friends, dear friends, Maya Han and Rachel Atwood that talked me into such ridiculousness. And, um, at any rate, that was um, a slate where Maya was actually um, going to be the um, second district vice chair or whatever. I can't remember what the terms are. Had she won that position, had everybody on our slate won, that's what she would have been. So um, at any rate, <clears throat> so I'm going to skip over this next slide and hopefully remember to come back to it. OK, so I know that this is going to be hard to see. But that's why we're going to go through it. And some of you might not even be watching. Like I said, <clears throat> you might have a screen too small on your phone or you might be listening while you're at work like that super handsome, very sexy Mr. Henry, who was supposed to be joining us every week, but tends to forget uh, at any rate. Um, so uh, let's see. Michigan state law, that's what we're going to. And um, this is something I guess here, I'm kind of fast forwarding. So we just asked, well, who really gets to pick? Is it the same in every state? Okay, well, first of all, first of all, I'm gonna say, no, it's not the same in every state. And so we're gonna focus or start with Michigan because of you know state convention coming up this weekend. And if you look at Michigan election law, MCL 168.72, uh, that is um, candidates for lieutenant governor, secretary of state, attorney general, nomination at fall state convention. And if you can see my screen, I have no idea why the word state is highlighted yellow. I didn't do a search for the word state, so who knows? Uh, at any rate, um, I didn't have time to try to figure that out and change it, so there you go. But it's a pretty simple statute, 168.72, again, for the state of Michigan, election law, at its Fall state convention, each political party may nominate a candidate for each of the offices of lieutenant governor, secretary of state, and attorney general. So nominations 
are at the fall state convention by state law. Wait a minute, didn't Michigan already have conventions in April where they nominated um, um, Secretary of State and Attorney General and others? Interesting. Uh, technically, no, there was a convention, but no, that would have been a spring convention. Uh, but there are people that were identified by those there um, to be the chosen ones that they would like to see on the party ticket going into the November elections. Um, and so uh, without talking about who all of those might be, um, of course, the two main offices selected were um, Matt DiPerno for Attorney General and Christina Caramo for uh, Secretary of State, but state law says they are not officially nominated yet. Now, think about it this way. If the Democrats already have their chosen ones in place and ready to go, and they've been campaigning for, I mean, shoot, we've seen ads on Facebook for Gretchen uh, and uh, the other evil ones um, trying to get money from us for at least two years. It's like, okay, so you failed during COVID and now you want my money for your failures? Right. But if they've been campaigning this whole time, it only makes sense that the Republican Party would want to give their candidates even more time. Although, from what I heard, um, the party funds are not going to be distributed as fairly and um, uh, abundantly as in prior years with uh, other more establishment candidates, but um, we'll come back to that. At any rate, so uh, let's see, we have a question. Why do we have delegates if we are all going to hear and if all we are going to hear and see is who the GOP establishment wants as the lieutenant governor? Guilt statements, if uh, we have to be unified, what if we don't want more rhinos? Let's leave that comment up unless we see somebody uh, that we um, really need to, you know, throw on there too. Um, that is actually a very good question. Very good question. And um, that might be all you will see and hear at this point, but that's why I'm giving you this information for today. Um, okay, so trying to figure out if, if having the, the comment on the bottom is going to cut off anything I had in my slides because some of them are jam-packed uh, as appropriately advertised yesterday. But uh, at the Michigan Fall Republican State Nominating Convention, and this is according to their very own website, mind you, uh, there is uh, there's a document for the 2022 August call to convention. There is a document, the August uh, 2022 August nominating convention rules. And I'm confident that in years past, it was actually referred to as bylaws. I'm 99% confident, not that it matters, but in my description, I talked about that we'll be referencing the bylaws for the convention. Um, but it's apparently just called rules this year. And the Michigan Republican State Convention rules for August 2022. So um, those are three different entities or things, uh, although you can find them um, in, in one main site. I just Googled for the Michigan Republican Party Convention and bam, that's what you find. Um, so this is the slide, and I guess we will have to hide that comment for now. This is the slide that I will come back to 
um, if I need to, if any of you need to see it right now. Otherwise, you do know how to get to a Google search and go Michigan Republican Convention because you will get this. Um, but this is the source. And again, I will share this, uh, this whole slideshow publicly. We'll publish it later. I just ran out of time doing it before our episode today. Thank you, Jellyfish. Um, so at any rate, um, like I mentioned, there's three things I wanted you to look at. Again, take a quick peek at that. All three of those things, but the last two are actually found on the same PDF. Um, in fact, the last one is, is technically considered Exhibit A of the larger document uh, for the second one. So, um, all right, the it's so small I can't even read it. So I'm gonna, I have the actual slideshow up on my uh, computer as well. So this first thing I'm going to read to you is actually part of it's Rule One of the and make sure I'm going to get this right. The Michigan Republican State Convention rules. This is part of that Exhibit A. Okay, so this is this is important, guys, because <laughs> this is. Um, this isn't just something I'm making up. It's not some, you know, nebulous theory about constitutional law. Uh-uh. No, this is legit uh, copy and paste right from the PDF. That the business of the state convention is as follows. This is rule number one. Uh, nomination of one lieutenant governor. And then B says nominations of those previously endorsed for one secretary of state, one attorney general, two justices to the Michigan Supreme Court, two members of the Michigan uh, State Board of Education, two members for uh, each of the Wayne State University Board of Governors, Wayne State, or excuse me, Michigan State University Board of Trustees, and the University of Michigan Board of Regents. Okay, so again, I, I wasn't going to spend much time on the, the six people that are um, covered by um, B3, 4, and 5 there, um, just talking about the Lieutenant Governor, Secretary of State, and Attorney General nominations. But um, I find it interesting, this wording. And um, well, let me put it this way. State law, I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but state law also refers to doing a call to convention. And so do party rules, party bylaws, um, like the actual bylaws of the entire organization that they're bound by bylaws uh, for the Michigan Republican Party are actually referred to in Michigan state election law as well. Um, but there's some interesting wording. I'm going to go back and forth, which I almost went back and forth on the ones on my computer instead of the ones you can see here. So give me a second. Um, so this is from the call to convention that if you're a delegate, you would have received the Michigan Republican State Committee directs that the state nominating convention of the delegated representatives of the Republican Party of Michigan shall be held in the city of Lansing, Michigan on Saturday, August 27th at 10 a.m. for the following purposes. The nomination of one lieutenant governor, the nomination of one AG, one secretary of state, the two justices, two state board of education, um, and two members for each of Wayne State, Michigan State, University of Michigan board, right? And the transaction of other such businesses may properly come before the state nominating convention. Okay, I don't know if you notice the differences here. And if I was super fancy with computers and I had a bunch of time on my hands, I would have done like a side-by-side -side comparison, but let's be honest, that ain't happening. 
So I'm gonna go back a slide and it's talking about here. These are actually the party convention rules. And I will say that if you look at the PDF, um, the link for that, okay. I'm gonna go back a few slides, hold on. Which is right here. It is actually considered MRP August 2022 nominating convention rules as approved by policy committee on 9-2-21 amended. Well, I don't know if this means it was amended after they were approved or amended in order to be approved, but at any rate, these are supposedly the official approved um, rules and, oops, I went one too far. So the actual rules of the convention state that you're going to nominate an LG and then it's distinct from nominating those that were previously endorsed. In other words, the April convention, those people who won the April convention. So that was really the endorsement convention and this is the nomination convention, but state law and the party rules and the convention rules all acknowledge and require that nominations have to happen in the fall. So no one is nominated until Saturday, as far as these offices go, no one, not even my good friend, Christina. Okay. So I found it interesting though, like I said, if you look at this one, it doesn't say anything about the, the, the nomination of those other individuals is basically um, you know, a rubber stamp of those who are already endorsed by the April convention. Very interesting that this is the wording of the call to convention. Um, all right, so just you know, something to, to have as a side note, the Roberts Rules of Order, newly revised, is adopted for the procedures of the convention for not uh, for all matters not covered by these rules. For those of you who plan to take any kind of action whatsoever during the convention, please read the entire uh, rule book that we're reading from, but also please be very familiar with Robert's Rules of Order because I can tell you that establishment doesn't like to follow Robert's Rules and they think they know the Robert's Rules, uh, but often they don't. And because this will be in person, they won't be able to pull the garbage like they did to us, say, uh, you know, January, February, February, um, whatever, 2nd of uh, 2021. Uh, so that those were interesting times where they were illegally hosting it all by Zoom uh, and then shutting off cameras and microphones from people like, oh, me, as well as others, many, many others, because we actually knew the rules and shutting off cameras because we were one step ahead of them and even had little signs up that said point of order or call the question or a whole bunch of other things to call them on their garbage. So do make sure that you are getting familiar with Robert's rules of order. Okay. So um, is this something, oops, you took it down already. Okay. So just let me know, cut me off and, uh, correct me or uh, jump in. I should say, Lori, if there's something I need to. Yeah, I was just sharing that with the world. Okay. <laughs> I will stay blissfully ignorant then of what was being discussed there. Okay, so number 19, 
uh, and I made some highlights. I wish I could have figured out how to quickly do that on the computer here, but again, not that tech savvy to do it that quickly. So in that in an effort, this is convention rule 19, the official rules adopted for this upcoming state convention, that in an effort to offer speed and convenience to the election process, those should always be the primary goals of an election, right? Speed and convenience. Yep, yep, not accuracy, not the will of the people. <laughs> no, 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 no. Speed and convenience, okay. So in an effort to offer speed and convenience to the election process, the state party chair shall allow for a voice vote for accepting the April nominating convention results. Um, in general, I'm just going to say that's kind of stupid because if it's something that by state law you have to meet and vote for, and it's a huge deal. This is not talking about, you know, some temporary thing that's going to be in place until the next election. No, we're talking about literally who is going to be on the ticket for the November election and have the chance to then serve in those positions for the next four years. But it's not a big deal, right? Anyway, um, something like that should never be a voice vote, number one. You should have to be on record and have the chance to be on record uh, and have an actual vote and not just be the person screaming the loudest because otherwise, quite frankly, that means we're turning into mainstream media and a bunch of um, spoiled brat liberals screaming on you know Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else, right? Why be those people? We're not those people. At any rate, um, the state party chair shall allow for voice vote of the April nominating convention results. Again, I've disdained for that, but let's let's at least put it in this perspective. At least for those results, a convention was already had. That lasted many hours, mind you, because if he's still here, um, then the uh, um, you know those tellers and other uh, terms that they have, basically those who are supervising the actual counting will tell you that it was a long laborious process and uh it wasn't started off to be that way but enough freedom fighters fought to get the truth in there um that they um you know at any rate it was something that was fully vetted by actual humans and not dominion systems so with that being said i have a little bit more comfort in having a voice vote for that although again uh, shady to have any kind of true vote be by voice vote, but then to say, as well as for Lieutenant Governor, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is someone who literally, um, seven days prior to the convention activities starting seven days prior is just being announced to the world, to the delegates that he's, you know, supposedly the chosen one that they're going to voice, voice vote on? On what planet does that seem legit to you? Don't fret though, because if you continue to read um, 
It says that in the event that the voice vote is unclear, the convention chair shall call for a recorded vote and the party shall make available proper paper ballots, excuse me, paper ballots to record each delegate's vote in, in candidate elections. Um, and then it continues to go on and um, talking about basically voting in person uh, with paper ballots. So um, it isn't over at that point, but it is super shady that those individuals that either voted in favor of this or were responsible for putting these into place on this rules document in the first place would even think that voice voting on something as important as these nominations would be acceptable. I'm assuming I... Uh, just out from Rumble, some lion up three says, seems like all the SOP and state statutes regarding elections are pointless if someone can still cancel my vote. And I... I think they brought it up a little bit earlier. I just happened to catch it. Uh, I don't know if I missed so the context from the vote. Well, I, I'm thinking that maybe they're, they're feeling, I don't know. Hopefully they'll speak up and be more clear. But I, I think, um, well, I think a lot of people to, are. To reword your question or, or your statement um, so we can appropriately respond to it because I don't want to read into something that's not there. So yeah. And that was who somebody on Rumble. Line up three on Rumble, yeah. Okay. So well you have three in your username. So I mean right there you gotta be an awesome person. So yeah. <laughs> um and I'm not quite sure what Kathy's question is on Facebook, but um if again if you have something that you are asking to be clarified, then please by all means let us know. Um okay. There's a lot on this screen. I'm going to blow it up the best I can on here. This is from Rule 21. Okay, and it's there is a section at the beginning. Um, anyway, it's um, lovely work. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're going to skip to the part that the candidate who wins the Republican nomination for governor, so Tudor has been declared the winner, uh, shall be permitted to submit the name of a candidate uh, for the office of lieutenant governor by no later than 5 p.m. on Friday. Well, I'm so glad that she waited the full amount of time there uh, and did that last minute on Friday to give the delegates the most possible time to do their homework and make an informed decision. But um, at any rate, uh, it continues to say that such candidate may be considered may be considered for nomination of the office of lieutenant governor. It doesn't say that is the only person that would be considered. It doesn't say um, that it's the only person that should be considered, but such candidate may be considered for nomination of the office of lieutenant governor. Now, I'm assuming that he has done this, but um, he would not be eligible, Shane or anybody would not be eligible um, to qualify under this particular uh, area uh, unless uh, they filed an affidavit of candidacy and a filing fee equal to 3% of the annual salary of the Office of Lieutenant Governor no later than 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday. Now that is for this particular candidate. Okay, so in the event 
that the submitted lieutenant governor candidate does not receive an affirmative vote from the convention floor, the candidate for governor, so tutor, shall have the choice to address the convention for three minutes or resubmit the same lieutenant governor candidate for reconsideration per this subsection or submit a new candidate for consideration per this subsection. If this, second, uh, if this second nomination does not receive an affirmative vote, the nominations may be submitted from the floor, including one by the gubernatorial candidate, and a vote will be taken. So she has three cracks at having her choice for LG, but that does not mean her pick or her first pick is the final say. And in fact, if the people know what their rights are as delegates to the state convention and they act upon those and if the people decide they either think uh i don't know a paper ballot would be best over a voice vote no matter who you're voting for or specifically if they want to challenge or offer any other candidate to make it an actual election process and not just uh, a popularity contest for those who are already the chosen ones then uh that can happen from the floor. So, um, and if that does happen, it says that at this point, the convention candidate receiving the majority of the total votes shall be declared elected by this convention. So in this election for LG nominee for the Republican ticket in Michigan for the go governor's race in 2022, it's important that we understand what the rules actually say, what state law actually requires, and we haven't even touched on what the Constitution requires yet, but you better believe we will. Now, um, some additional things. I found this quite concerning. This is actually rule number 27. I couldn't fit it all because it was actually part on two, two pieces of paper in this PDF. But number 27 of the, these same rules that the business of this convention shall be as follows. Number one uh, is the call to order, then the invocation. And then it continues with what you see here on the screen, the Pledge of Allegiance, National Anthem. Um, did they do the call? Oh, call to order. Uh, call the convention, appointment of temporary chair, temporary officers, rules committee report. Uh, an important thing here, oath of officers uh, oath of office to officers, uh, it issues committee report, then a few other things here, the approval of lieutenant governor, nomination of the endorsed candidates in uh, announcements and adjournment. What I find interesting uh, is number one, you see here, nomination of endorsed candidates. Again, they are acknowledging that these still have to be elected, these positions, including uh, the AG and Secretary of State, have to legally still be nominated and elected this Saturday in order to make it on the November ballot in the state of Michigan. Uh, number two though, so although we just talked about, they're recognizing that even the people that already have been endorsed by a full convention a few months ago are still to be legally nominated. They have now chosen to soften the wording of this um, um, convention business agenda to say that it is approval of the lieutenant governor. 
Nowhere in the state law does it talk about just approving of somebody else's choice for lieutenant governor. The word approval is not in that statute anywhere. It's an election. And this is not a play on words. And this is not something that should be taken lightly because I don't care what party you're in. I don't care if you're conservative or liberal. I don't care, you know, what your personal philosophies are. We have a constitution for a reason. We have a rule of law for a reason. And if we're not going to follow the rule of law and just make up whatever we want willy nilly for the, what was the wording? Speed and convenience of this election process, then what is the point at all? That may be the answer to that person's question on Rumble about not having their vote count. How does your vote count if your vote is merely by voice shouting in a room where you're just told to approve of someone you just heard about less than a week prior? They they actually clarified and they were talking about uh, sending back the change of address um, with your precinct, making sure that your name's off your Georgetown Township precinct. but. Um, that is, I, I think you're covering something really important with, with uh, how they're using words to um, kind of trick you into going along versus saying, wait a minute, that's not who I think is right. Sorry, I saw the question um, from Stephanie on YouTube about the first part of 21 there. Um, so she is saying, um, she's asking about, uh, does rule 21 basically mean that only the Lieutenant governor is someone that could be challenged. And that is not the case at all. Um, I didn't quite frankly go into, let me see, um, all the particulars. What I can tell you is if you go back to, I don't know if I had 19 on here. Okay, if you go back to rule 19, it talks about that the state party chair shall allow for a voice vote of the April nominating convention results as well as for lieutenant governor. And uh, in the event the voice vote is unclear, the convention shall do a recorded vote, yada, yada, and it goes, you know, on and on. So, Stephanie, the answer to what you're saying is no, it's not just the LG that could be challenged. Now, I'm not saying you should challenge Christina or Matt or whomever. What I'm saying is by state law, they can be challenged because they're not elected. Nothing is permanent. They are simply endorsed at this point. Endorsed, I don't know exactly by whom because there's other rules and state laws that the party has put in place about that. But uh, regardless, if anybody wanted to challenge any of those people that were previously uh, endorsed by the April convention in Michigan, they can. And uh, this is saying that uh, the the challenge essentially is getting enough people to, I guess, oppose, uh, be that opposition voice vote so that they can um, bring it to a paper vote and then you go from there. So uh, you can challenge any of those positions um, that are being voted on. All right. Um, endorsement can only be overridden by a 75% majority. 
Um, let me see. I didn't print the whole thing, but um, Ryan is asking for, you know, if somebody is challenging uh, the AG and the Secretary of State um, endorsements on Saturday, this this Saturday at the Michigan State Fall Convention as required by statute to be held, um, he is saying that he thought that endorsement could only be overridden by a 75% majority. I'm not seeing that here, but I would say um, I don't think that would be accurate um, at all to say that that could even be the case because uh, that is presuming that somebody has essentially already been officially chosen, which by law they have not. But you see here in that rule 19 that it's a voice vote. So if the voice vote isn't clearly approving of those endorsements to be uh, receiving the full final nomination for the Republican Party going on to the November ballot, then the, the paper ballots have to be made. So if there's another rule that conflicts with that, well, I wouldn't be surprised. But no, um, there's nothing in here that I've seen about a 75% majority. I'd be interested to know uh, what part you think that's in or who shared that with you. Um, and then Stephanie says, so what um, does the first part mean when it says that they need that they need to have the endorsement? I'm not sure what, um, Stephanie, I'm sorry, it'd be way easier for actually having this as a conversation and maybe someday with different technology, we will be doing that in these lives. But I'm not quite understanding of what first part you're talking about because I don't think I've talked about anything that talks about you need to have an endorsement. Um, so help me clarify what you're asking and we will get that addressed. Um, okay. okay, and then just a little comment from Rumble. Uh, is this how it was done in previous years? It seems so vague and confusing on purpose. 2018, 2014. Nope. <laughs> yes, it's confusing on purpose, I would say, but okay. It so looks like uh, looks like she's Stephanie is clarifying. So, so the what first does part, yeah, I will okay. say the reason why I originally laughed at rule 21, the part that I skipped is, I know you guys probably can't this but well maybe you can because i don't have it blurred today so oops i'm circling the wrong part so this is a this is the part that i skipped um it actually talks about um part b below but if you look there's no b they just don't know how to do formatting on documents and um it creates problems but anyway um so the whole part that i skipped there was that unless a person properly files an affidavit of candidacy to run at the spring 2022 Michigan Republican Party endorsement convention and receives the endorsement, then a person may not seek nomination for a ballot office at the state convention for a ballot office with the exception of the office of Lieutenant Governor as referenced in 21B below. So uh, the straight up wording of that is the person cannot seek the nomination but anybody, and I don't even remember who all the candidates are, quite frankly, at this point. Um, 
I want to say Christina's uh, other, the other candidate in that race, uh, primarily, well, maybe Cindy Berry and maybe Bola Fave. I, I don't even remember. It's been a long year. Um, and of course, uh, Ryan Berman and Tom Leonard were the other candidates for AG. Um, but the question is, um, I mean, first of all, the way that they put that in there, that part A, um, that doesn't mean Jack. Whoever wrote that is full of garbage. They don't know about laws. They don't know about cohesiveness from one part to the next. Uh, they wrote part A referencing part B, and there is technically no part B. There's a whole bunch of problems here. But uh, the biggest thing with this is that it doesn't say the person can't be nominated. It says that person can't seek the nomination. So uh, let's say it was Bola Fave um, that, uh, you know, was on the ballot, but he did not seek um he did not get the endorsement at that um, convention in uh, April 2022, then uh, this says he can't be the one to go out there and seek getting the nomination from the floor. Can't say, hey, guys, you know, can you please uh, nominate me? This literally, the wording of this document does not say other people can't nominate him, though. Quite frankly, it could be uh, with that, it really doesn't mean a whole lot of anything because you don't even have to have been a candidate that was considered at that spring convention in order to be somebody who is nominated uh, in this procedure under uh, rule number 21. So uh, to keep it really simple, let, let's say since Stephanie's kind of been asking some of these great questions, let's say Stephanie's there and somebody nominates her. That she could well, say, potentially under this procedure under rule 21 uh or was it is that where it starts yes no 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 um the first thing that would have to happen which is um for uh rule number 19 is that the voice vote would have to be unclear that's the first thing that has to happen so if somebody wanted to nominate stephanie for um LG or Secretary of State or anything that's being considered um, here at this convention, then enough people have to make physically make their voices heard so that the voice vote is, quote, unclear. Then it would go to a paper vote. And, um, and that's where uh, the procedure for um, identifying the candidates come into play. But it doesn't have to be someone that is, um, you know, that was considered in the uh, spring endorsement convention. And it doesn't have to be someone uh, that was selected at that convention that wins. Uh, those are just the people that are being ushered in, I guess. Um, and like I said, to, to the degree of uh, having the full blown out convention as far as process goes, you know, it makes sense to give those candidates more time to fight against the appropriate candidates in the um, in the general election. But it, we're, I'm just talking about what the state law procedures are. Okay, so Dwayne, I assume he was talking to me. He said, "I think you said those who were previously endorsed must be considered." Yes, those are the people that are going to be, um, let's see, what was the wording exactly here? For the speed and convenience of this election process, 
the state party chair shall allow for a voice vote for the acceptance of April nominating convention results. So those are the people that have to be considered because that's, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it could very well be Ron gets up there and says, um, those in favor of uh, nominating the uh, those selected for endorsement at the spring convention say aye. And then, you know, he says, oh, okay, those um, against say nay. And then, you know, and then he goes, oh, yep, okay. So we got Christina and Matt and, you know, all the others that are now considered nominated from the Republican Party. And it could be all of a 10 second deal. Depends on how he does it. Um, but um, that's, they have to be considered, but you don't have to have been endorsed in the spring convention in order to be considered as long as uh, the voice vote is unclear when they, when he presents them for um, approval, essentially. Okay, more on uh, Rumble. Line up three says, also, are the delegates who voted in the spring the same delegates this Saturday? Um, well, delegates are selected by state rule and um, party rule. I'm just trying to think here real quick. Um, where... I can't even think. Um, county. Well, I know we we have delegates that voted in the August primary. Are they seated right away? So or there's a county they... convention. I don't know when that was. If that already happened, usually I'm trying to remember now. Um, that convention might. Yeah, I would think it would have happened this last weekend, but. Um, anyway, it's not, it's not going to be necessarily, um, the same delegates. It depends certain county parties that my husband and I were, um, party to, um, years ago, for example, just purposely elected the same ones over and over again and utilized some pretty, uh, not legit practices as far as secret ballot counting and things like that. Same people in this close-knit group being the tellers, no one else. Um, at, at any rate, so the same people went to state convention year after year, but that's not a procedural requirement by any stretch of the imagination. Um, August 11th. Okay. Oh, that's right. I knew that. <sighs> Sorry, guys. Like I said, <laughs> uh, I guess the jellyfish is getting to me. But yes, there was um, the county convention was a couple of weeks ago. I do remember seeing that. Um, and uh, I didn't think it was normally a couple weeks in between, but I guess either enough time has passed that I'm confusing dates or they're just totally, you know, doing things um, new this year. Either way. All right. Um, okay. So I talked about that. Um, now here's something, are, are there any rights that we should consider or any obligations under the constitution we can we should consider? We talked about state law. 
And we talked about, uh, I realized I had been doing some gesturing and pointing to the screen at times and didn't have my camera up so you could see. So I'm sorry about that if I was doing that um, and didn't have it where you could see. But at any rate, um, we talked about the state law. We talked about the party rules. But what about the Constitution? I mean, generally, does any of this procedure and voice voting crap and all that, does that seem legit? I mean, does it seem like something we should do in our country, especially with the election problems that we've been known to have? Um, let me put it this way. Does the hair in the back of your neck stand up when you hear words like, in an effort to offer speed and convenience to the election process, Um, it bothers me. Okay. I mean, my kids are there. Some of my, my adult kids are there. Um, my mom is there. My dad is there. My father-in-law is there. My grandmother, my aunts, uh, nieces and nephews. I mean, you name it. I've got loved ones. I've got friends. Um, they're there in Michigan right now. And, uh, well, I'm still a licensed attorney. I'm still sworn to inform the people that is one of my obligations and to fight for the constitution. And with that in mind, with my constitutional oath being at the forefront of my actions and thoughts here, uh, I'm urging you to consider things like equal protection, equal protection of the law. It's not just applicable in situations where you're like a criminal defendant and the law is being uh, not equally applied, you know, enforced against some people and not others. I mean, that's one area of cases that are talked about. But really, uh, the original basis of equal protection of the law means that any procedures there are meant to put into place um, a mechanism so that everyone is treated equally under the law and has full access to everything they're supposed to uh, in this form of government that we have. Uh, equal protection, of course, I have those parts on our uh, screen there. Due process. Speed and convenience to the election process does not sound like due process to me. That sounds like speed and convenience. That sounds like impatient toddlers. Uh, Republican form of government and perhaps the most important part that it's supposed to be a government of we the people and I didn't put this on there I should have but of course the Michigan State Constitution uh, article 1 section 1 all political power is inherent in the people if it's a Republican form of government guaranteed by article 4 section 4 of the US Constitution and all political power is inherent in the people not the political parties pursuant to Article 1, Section 1 of the Michigan State Constitution, then shouldn't the people be the ones that are actually selecting the people that are going to represent them? That is, after all, what a Republican form of government is. It's not where we have political parties or the political elite or attorneys or judges that just do all the selecting and the choosing and the whatever for us. No, a Republican form of government is where we maintain the control. We have the sovereignty. We have the power in 
the whole aspect of government, we then, we are the ones that are supposed to select people that are representing us. It's not supposed to be this next layer and this next layer and this next layer. It's not. So there really shouldn't be nominating conventions. Today, for example, the way state of Florida does it, and I'm not saying this is the best way to do it, but a different way to consider it, I actually registered as a Republican. And because of that, I will have a Republican uh, ballot. Now, it's a little bit different in the uh, primary in Michigan. If you cross over, you don't register as one or the other. You can vote all the way down on the Republican side uh, in different offices um, or the Democrat side or, um, well, those are the two. Uh, that get a Republican or a, get a primary ballot in August in Michigan, um, but you can't cross over and vote for one person in one race uh, as a Republican and then vote for somebody else as a Democrat in another race on a primary ballot. You can't do that in a primary election in Michigan. In Florida, you just have a ballot that has all of your Republican uh, candidates right on the ballot. So uh, there's no crossing over. And you, uh, I do believe there's actually nonpartisan elections um, on there. I'm not quite sure if that's true because that doesn't make any sense, but I'm, I'm fairly confident. I don't have my ballot here. Um, at any rate, um, so it's not people that are chosen for us. It is just the full list of people. Now, again, I... I haven't seen the whole procedures and policies and how all that works and all the races. So there could be stuff I'm missing in the state of Florida. But uh, I could tell you this is what is required by the U.S. Constitution, no matter what state you live in. Um, nine days to vote. So we have uh, somebody on Facebook asking about nine days to vote. I'm, I didn't read the whole darn uh, rules uh, for this convention start to finish 31 pages um, with a fine tooth comb enough to remember something about nine days, but I don't recall seeing anything about nine days. So if you can clarify what rule you're talking about, we can definitely get that address Bambi on Facebook. Um, okay. Looks like uh, it's a proposal she was talking about. Um, and just clarification that Deborah, I don't know, uh, Deborah on Facebook, I don't know if I wasn't clear, but what I was saying is that in Michigan, that is how it's done in Michigan, is you can't cross over in a primary election and vote for a candidate in one party uh, and then vote for a candidate um, in a different party somewhere else on the ballot. You can't do that. But what I was saying is different is that in Florida, you don't get, I mean, I'm registered as a Republican. I'm not going to receive the Democrat ballot at all. It's a different ballot down here. That's why I was saying it's different. Um, and Dwayne, oh, I love this. Let's put that on there. And then Bambi is, um, without it being a whole, let me just, Bambi is saying, read the whole thing, 
perhaps read the whole thing before I react in any way. Um, I'd like a whole sentence because when you have partial sentences, it doesn't allow me to really understand exactly what you're getting at there. Um, but Dwayne says, if it takes 24 hours to get it right, I'm okay with that. The convention is not about the parties. Exactly. Exactly. So let me see here if I've gone through. Oh, one more little slide. I wanted to, well, two technically. Um, okay. So, um, and again, for those of you who are complaining about um, parts of what I'm saying, uh, I did say a few times, I feel like crap today. I was stung by a jellyfish. It's affecting me. My AC is blasting, which it normally isn't because I'm frugal in my expenses. Um, but it's blasting and I'm still sweating profusely and I feel like garbage. And I'm doing my best to bring timely information to you. And I did clarify that uh, when I saw a question that I was going to do my best to clarify in case I hadn't been clear. So I really don't need people giving me a hard time. If you want to give somebody a hard time, go somewhere else uh, or just generally try to be more positive and encouraging of others. That's that's my take on that. Um, Um, okay. Um, do I do this? Lori, are you reading my mind? Um, probably not. Maybe. <laughs> See if Dwayne, maybe Dwayne's going to jump in on the comment before I do. So I'm going to wait. Dwayne? jump in on that comment <laughs> you know which one i'm talking about okay so uh this slide though let's bring this up it's not me that's important here um i do like to by the way try to make me as big as possible when i'm speaking when i can uh for those of you who are like me and read lips if i could only have my mouth portion blown up so those of you who read lips can see my lips and those of you who read can see the document i would do that but i'm not that talented either to mess with the tech. So with that being said, this last one, why is this important at a county uh, part, excuse me, not a county, as a, at a party convention? Why is this important? Why is any of this? And I'm gonna back up and, cause we kind of talked about a couple things. Why is this? Why are these constitutional aspects that we talked about, or even at the very beginning, uh, when we talked about, uh, let's see, where was it here? Michigan state law, why is any of that important when we're talking about a state party convention? Well, because of the constitutional oath of office. And uh, for those of you who maybe forgot, it refers to it here, and this was, I think, rule number 27. It's talking about the order of business. And um, so part of the way down there, oath of office to officers. And quite frankly, it should be oath of office by officers, not to the officers. Because the officers, in order to serve in that role, must take an oath to support the U.S. and Michigan constitutions. 
that is something that is required by state law, by federal law, et cetera. So all of those parts that we talked about, equal protection under the law, due process, uh, Republican form of government, political power being inherent in the people, uh, the people actually, um, individuals being elected at a fall convention, those are all put into place by the rule of law. And those individuals that are serving as tellers, that are serving as state party chairs or convention chairs or uh, as secretaries or any other role, they have to take that constitutional oath of office. They're bound to follow that rule of law. They can't just toss it aside for speed and convenience. And terms like this that talk about preferring speed and convenience in this election process, those obviously come secondary to state law and they come obviously secondary to the Michigan Constitution and to the U.S. Constitution. And if you're forgetting why that might be, I encourage you to look at Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution, the Supremacy Clause namely. Um, okay, so this is a good comment and I am not sure if you would put any of these on. I wish I could really blow these up. I have no way of knowing exactly how to do that. But the question by Deborah is, does any organization have a flyer to get to Basically, she, the conversation on Facebook is going back and forth about having new delegates and her initial um, information or her initial comment or concern is that the problem at convention is that we have over half of them being newbies. They have no idea what they are doing. And I've been a state convention newbie before. Uh, luckily, by the time we were forced into Zoom uh, illegally and unconstitutionally, I wasn't brand new to the process. Um, shut out of conventions of course i actually was shut out of our first zoom convention but anyway um so then her follow-up question does any organization have flyers to get to these new delegates that don't know what they're doing um i will be sharing this um this presentation this i mean you could share the video like and share the video share the crap out of it share it to everyone because uh, i obviously i go into a lot more detail in describing things in here than I do just with what's on paper. Um, but the um, the presentation itself, the slideshow will be uh, made available right after uh, we close out the live portion of this presentation. Um, I will make it um, published essentially, and I will we'll share it on all of our social media. Normally we don't quite go through all that length after um, after one of these shows. We, you know, we'll share it afterwards in the in the newsletter and whatnot, but the newsletter, um, actually, I could throw it in the newsletter for um, week 33 because we didn't send that one out yet. Um, totally Lori's fault. Or wait, no, Mike's fault. It's totally Mike's fault. Yeah, I was going to say, it's always Mike's fault. And, you know, that's it's his fault for not being here today to defend himself. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, who knows if he's even listening? I mean, he better be texting me, blowing up my phone. Yeah, I'm listening, I promise. Um, but anyway, uh, if, if I don't get a text from you, Mike, then I'll know you weren't listening. 
But anyway, uh, and don't forget to look up that congressman candidate that we wanted to double check today. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, um, just as I thought we had our decisions made about who we wanted to support in the, in the primaries down here today, uh, we learned something last night as we were falling asleep in bed that we're like, eh, we should check on that. Um, so with this being said, um, yes, Deborah, I don't know about any other organizations, um, you know, specifically to state convention. But again, the presentation, the slideshow that I'm sharing with you has the links to the state convention documents that we're talking about. And of course, the state laws and things like that. So um, hopefully it's something. <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get a text, but my husband is apparently listening through YouTube right now. Uh, thanks, babe. There's supposed to be an apostrophe in there, but um, of course, I'm going to say that just to tease you. Because uh, uh, clearly, he was just hammering that out with the thumbs as quickly as he could just to let me know. Uh, thanks, babe. <laughs> but anyway, um, so anyway, that information, again, you could share, um, you know, give me, say, half an hour to get it all published and shared out um, everywhere, uh, Deborah, and anybody else who wants to share this information to precinct delegates going into, or, or not just precinct delegates, but delegates to the state convention, as well as alternates to the state convention, because there's a ton of stuff that comes up and people just don't show up sometimes, or they get ill, or something happens with their kids or whatever, and people, uh, uh, alternates need to get um, elevated. So, um, you know, my husband and I have been in that position ourselves when we first started out many years ago uh, in the Michigan Republican Party. So anyway, make sure that you are prepared, whether you are a delegate or an alternate. And um, yes, I did hear there's a question about... Um, somebody saw something about Trump endorsing Hernandez. Does anyone know if that is true? I believe, yes, I did read that myself. I had to think for a second. Did I just hear that? But no, I read that myself somewhere on social media. Um, I think, uh, Tudor shared that on her Facebook, I believe. I would know. I don't follow Tudor on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I don't follow her either. But somebody shared shared that, and and so I mean, it's coming from. I think I read it from Trump himself, though somewhere. Um, okay. It was. I don't know if I received an email or if, you know we follow Trump on different social media. We're on Truth Social. Shout out to that platform if you are there. Find us over there. Uh, but anyway, um, there is this question on YouTube. Clarify what exactly a jungle primary looks like. I'm not exactly sure I understand what that question is. So if you are, um, apparently Jane knows all about it. Um, I have no idea. Um, I don't know if it's a joke. I don't know if it's a real thing. Um, let's see. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw Jane had said that. So I thought you should know that... Uh... That uh, that's where that came from. <laughs> um, now, Dwayne, pick on Mike should have a happy face, not a sad face. We've been together for 11 years now. I've raised his children. I've given birth to his some of his children. Uh, I'm allowed to pick on him. It's okay. I still love him most of the time. <laughs> so, 
Um, let's see. Oh, so there's a question I did not know, and I don't know if this is true. I'm assuming it's true for the purpose of the question. Ralph Rebrandt, who was one of the um, individuals running for the governor's position in the state of Michigan on the Republican ticket, filed and paid the fee for the <clears throat> lieutenant governor position, the requirements we talked about earlier. Uh, he, and the question is, so then would he be included in the first two rounds of voting? Uh, I don't think that's how they're going to do it. Um, not straight up. The first round is technically the voice vote to merely accept as, let's see, as it's worded here, where was that? Let me get back to that one. To approve of Tudor's choice for lieutenant governor, that's the, the first round of voting is that voice vote to approve of her choice, Shane. Um, so one last thing in this discussion uh, that I skipped over as far as the slides are concerned. Uh, well, let me go back to the question being the true or false question of the day, which by the way, we have, uh, I've been still working. Oh, Florida's calling me. Florida can wait. Um, I have the, um, I'm still working through our new website. I'm doing the coding. I'm figuring out CSS coding and HTML and Java uh, in certain parts, I guess. Um, all kinds of fun stuff that uh, creating apps with APIs and all kinds of you know secret keys and tokens and things I didn't know existed, bots, you name it. Uh, so hang in there with me. Uh, it's also part of the reason why I didn't have as you know full of a presentation for you today as I would have liked in some of these respects. But um, the true or false question is available actually right in our website, restorefreedomkh.com. If you go to the updates tab, it is our new and improved version of our updates tab where we will be sending out all of our updates to you on a daily basis on various things, including being able to take the true or false question of the day for Tuesdays. And um, then I... Um, also want to let you know that we have on any social media platform that we're on that allows polling, you know, Facebook used to do that. We will um, continue to provide the polls, our true or false polls on those. I want to say, Lori, correct me if I'm wrong. You said it earlier, really great, but there's a new one called Band that apparently has over 400 million uh, people subscribed to it. We just joined it basically today. So, um, you know, join us over on, on BAND, download that app, B-A-N-D. Uh, it's a green little B. Uh, but anyway, uh, we'll be doing polls on there, on Twitter, on YouTube, our YouTube community, um, on Telegram, on Truth Social. Lori, did I miss one? You're muted, Lori. I was saying really important stuff. I um, lagged out a little bit. Um, I didn't catch all the ones you said. Uh, I um, said Truth Social, Telegram, Band, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. No, oh, we the, don't do that on Facebook. Oh, the actual polls. Yeah. Oh, yep. I think you're right. Now okay, I'm so to myself. <laughs> So uh, she came up with the answers really easy earlier while we were talking. So um, at any rate, um, 
yes, those are um, where we do the polls and we'll continue to do the polls, an actual poll, if you like something to do that. Now, if you don't have social media, I don't know exactly how you might be watching this video, but if you don't have social media and uh, you wanna participate in our true or false polls, that's why I'm integrating those right into our website as well. You don't have to have any kind of social media in order to, you don't have to log in in order to take the poll. You can just answer the poll and have the fun of, of watching that. So um, at any rate, um, please make sure to uh, check us out there. And of course the answers on any platform where we post the actual poll, the answers will be posted around 10 p.m. every Tuesday. Uh, sometimes it's a little different on time, depending on if I fall asleep before then or uh, something like that. So at any rate, let me see if we have any other questions, because I did have some stuff I wanted to get out. Um, let's see. Um, yes. Okay. So, um, so the answer to the true or false question is, of course, False. Each state has their own method of selecting lieutenant governor party nominees. In Michigan, for example, MCL 168.72, which is state law, requires that the lieutenant governor nominees uh, would be selected at the fall party convention, thus voted by the state party convention delegates. And yes, I shamelessly threw in hashtag knowledge because knowledge is power. But before I leave you for today, it's already a very long episode, but what I wanted to share with you is this. Is this, uh, is this discussion, uh, especially since we're focused so much on uh, the Michigan convention coming up this weekend, is it uh, meant to be some big attack on Tudor or on Shane? Well, first of all, my goal um, is never to attack. My goal is to educate you. That is my purpose. That's why I do all this work for free and endless amounts of hours, literally every single day for you, uh, is to educate you. Even if you're not in the state of Michigan, you can glean from this different pieces to figure out where to look or what to look for, for your own state's requirements. Uh, but don't just assume that because the party has always done it this way, it must be what the law requires or the constitution requires or what the constitution even allows. Always think outside the box and make sure to check the rule of law yourself. And if you have questions, send them our way, especially during the videos where we're um, more able to see them. Uh, we don't always have a chance to go back and follow up on comments and questions that are posted later on or on gen general posts, because quite frankly, there's tens of thousands of comments and questions, uh, texts and emails and things that come through. So uh, we do our best, but here is best. So, um, uh, let's see. With that being said, um, getting back to is the point of this to, you know, trash talk Tudor or Shane. Now, I don't know Tudor. I really don't. My personal opinion is that Ryan would have been the best chance for Michigan to fight back, quite frankly, for our country to come back from all this evil. But we know that Michigan and Florida are two of the most important states in terms of leading the country politically. But at any rate, Ryan um, was not announced as the winner and is not uh, challenging it as far as I know. Um, so, I, you know, this isn't against um, Tudor. Um, I think um, Ryan and Garrett, though, of all the people, the five that were on that ballot a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago in uh, Michigan for that governor's race, of all five that were on that ballot, Ryan and Garrett were the only two from the beginning, April and, you know, March and April of 2020, 
that all the way through 2020 were leading the charge in some way. Now, obviously, I think that Ryan's lead in, in leading the charge was more authentic and effective for a variety of reasons. But regardless, it's it's undeniable that Ryan and Garrett were both there leading the people of Michigan uh, to fight back against what the government was doing. And the other three were not. And I'm sorry, but that means something, especially if somebody like Tudor was in in the limelight. You know, she has a career or at least a past career in media, in movies and whatever. She's not. Uh, new to being out in social media or in the media in general, where was she in leading the charge for freedom? Why step up only now? But that's not what today's about. That's just my personal thoughts. I honestly didn't even plan to say that. So fast forward through all that, if you ever listen to this again. But is this an attack then on her choice, Shane? Well, as far as her picking the choice, uh, that's technically how the rules are set out. If I were her, I would have had that choice already selected and given that information to the people. Um, but quite frankly, I would say, hey, you know, I, I, I have this choice, but it needs to truly be by state, you know, <laughs> by requirements of all the kinds that we've talked about today. It needs to be the people. It needs to be the delegates at the very least who are making this selection. So although this is the person whom I think would be best, and here is why I think the delegates need to make that selection. That's what I think she should do. Now, she did not do that. Um, but at any rate, this isn't a personal attack against Shane. Quite frankly, uh, I've considered Shane, although don't get me wrong, we're not besties or anything, but I've known Shane for several years and I would consider Shane a friend if I walked up to him at a, you know, if I was in Michigan this weekend at the convention and I would saw him after the convention or before and I'd say, hey, you know, I'd give him a hug, say hi, how you doing? I uh, want to know how things are going for him. I've known his staffers, uh, things like that, uh, some of whom have been friends of mine. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying he's a bad person. He's, I think he's a good person. I mean, again, I don't know him extremely well. I haven't been next door neighbors with him for 10 years or something like that. But from what I know of him, he's a good person. From what I know of him, he's extremely intelligent. But here is something I want you to consider. How many of you, and I'm hoping at least one person on each platform is going to essentially raise their hand. How many of you remember uh, the videos that I got started with doing videos in 2020? I was doing videos about the court cases. I was doing videos about the EOs. I was doing videos about state laws. I was doing law videos about uh, the bills that were being uh, pushed by the Republican-led legislature. Uh, and quite frankly, some of you might remember that although, oh, let's see, what was my name? Okay, so the governor at the time was being called that woman in uh in the press because that's what trump was calling Wh whitmer back then that woman from michigan he wouldn't even say her name right uh well some lovely republican legislators disagreed with my take on following the constitution and following the law and the fact that we the people have control and authority over the government not the other way around and started calling me the woman and i was being called the woman in michigan and i was like sweet she's that woman but i'm the woman uh at any rate that's 
the conversations, that's the videos that I was talking about where I was actually being personally attacked, where my legal credentials were being questioned. I actually remember laughing hysterically and then trying to hold myself together to do a video to walk you around my office at the time, the beautiful one with all the wood walls, where you could see all of my um, degrees and it wasn't even all of them, but um, all the jurisdictions that I was licensed in, except for the one that I never got the certificate big enough to hang on the wall, that kind of thing. Uh, we talked about my credentials quite a bit in that video. I want to say that one was June. That was right around my birthday, somewhere right around late June, early July 2020. At any rate, there were bills that we talked about. Um, Lori, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and Don, Don remembers on Facebook some of these efforts. Uh, Lori, correct me if I'm wrong. We had House Bill 5672. Yep. We had Senate Bill 858. That's one you and I didn't talk about. That was the original oh, yeah. one before you and I met in person <laughs> that I had done uh, some. Well, that was the one I was in on April 30th. I was at the Capitol, inside the Capitol, you know, with all those bad militia people with guns. <laughs> Um, and um, some state reps were coming out. Well, a particular one who might be the husband of the co-chair. Uh, anyway, we won't go there of the Michigan Republican Party. But anyway, he comes out. Hey, everybody, we just voted to, you know, end her EOs. And I said, I don't think that's what happened. And then I spent some, you know, 20 minutes reading. And meanwhile, hundreds of people stayed there in the corridor with me. And uh, I had a chance to, on two different phones, look through the EOs, look at this bill. And I was able to tell people uh, point blank what Senate Bill 850 had in it, which quite frankly had, among other things, completely 100% in full codified, made into law, um, something like 35 of the governor's then uh, 59 executive orders. The Republican legislature voted to fully make law more than half of the governor's COVID executive orders. Do you guys remember me talking about that? Senate Bill 858 from 2020. Look it up if you don't. Uh, look at my original video, uh, my, I guess, speech, if you will. I want to say I wasn't even doing lives then. I had never done a video on any social media platform at that point, but my friend, Mark Petzold, uh, was doing, he was live streaming and then switched over to, I think his wife's maybe, because his phone died at some point in there. But there were two videos talking about that. And I think we eventually got those on our YouTube and possibly Rumble channels. Yeah, but they're on Rumble too. Okay, so um, anyway, definitely watch those. If, if you have any question about some of these votes that I'm talking about and what was in them, I went through in detail about what some of those things were because at that point, I was the only person I think in Michigan that had read every single one of these EOs, every single word in those EOs, frontward and backward multiple times and I had them memorized about which ones were which. I just had to compare on the phone which ones were actually being um, essentially adopted in full by Senate Bill 858 that those proud Republicans voted for. Now, what are some of the other, uh, okay, see, yes, Dwayne stood next to me on April 30th uh, inside the Capitol. If you have pictures, Dwayne, can you send those to me? If any of you have pictures of me 
uh, from any of the Liberty events throughout the years, I literally don't have very many. So I would love it if you would send those to me. If you text me, if you know me, if you email me uh, at our you know contact at restorefreedomkh.com, if you don't have my number, you can text them to our office number, 616-303-0033. I'd love to have those photos, even if it's just me and you at an event. You know, there's a great picture I have of me and uh, uh, Bonnie Esther, I think is how she goes on Facebook. But uh, anyway, it's Luke Meerman's uh, sister after the Allegan or during the Allegan um, event that none other than Ryan Kelly put together in, in October of 2020. At any rate, um, Yes, I don't think we met Dwayne until about three or four weeks later. I think this is that is when we met. Um, at any rate, um, so Senate Bill 858, um, uh, House Bill 5672, uh, House Bill 6032. Lori, am I right so far on those? Yeah, there was also um, 6030, 6031, and 6101. They were all um, tied together. That package, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the video, if you're looking for the videos, I don't know if, Lori, if you have a chance to add those in the description here or not. But um, at any rate, I'm going to ask you guys to double check some of those videos. Is it going to take your time? Yes. Fast forward, the bills sucked. They tried to take away our rights. I don't remember quite frankly now which one was which. I'd have to refresh my recollection on those. But we were talking about bills where they were voting to, I want to say the 6032 was the package where they were saying, well, we're going to change the health code so that the um, you can't go to work. You will be in violation of state law if you go to work, if you have any of the symptoms of COVID-19, which include any of the symptoms of the flu, which also include any, uh, you know, some of the symptoms of the common cold. And we went through, according to the University of Michigan, a liberal university, uh, their medical team, which is world renowned. And I want to say it was, um, what's that one in uh, Minnesota? Help me out, Lori. What's the? I don't know. <laughs> the medical center that people go to. Um, it's in Rochester. Mayo Clinic. Mayo, yes, Mayo, and then um, uh, the CDC. Th th those were the references, or those were the sources that I was using that day in that video. So it's not like I was just making up stuff off the top of my head, but we talked about those um, those bills, that package of bills that they were all i want to say that 6032 is one that 111 109 maybe state reps voted in favor of putting those provisions into place and i want to say two were absent um but not nobody voted against it republican or democrat um 5672 i want to say that's the one that was microchipping and allowing for microchipping, maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe it's a different bill that I did a video on. But again, these are videos I've done before and did many hours of explanation. So it's available to you if you hadn't heard these things before. But hopefully I'm just refreshing your memory on these. Um, but anyway, I want to say it was House Bill 5672. And all of the Republican leaders were um, actually it was Republicans that drafted the bill and were pushing the bill, sponsoring the bill and voting for the bill. And the only two people to vote against that were State Rep Steve Johnson and uh, State Rep Bola Fave. 
And I actually initially was like, yes, I knew Steve Johnson was awesome. And Bolafabe, I wasn't sure, but yeah. And then, <laughs> then I found out that their publicly posted reasons for turning down those bills or voting against them was because uh, there was a provision in there that basically limited employers to a certain degree. And so they believed that employers should be able to microchip employees whenever they feel like it, because that's part of capitalism. What? And uh, all the rest, all the other Republicans, except for those two, voted in favor of being able to microchip human beings so long as there's a court order saying that it must be done. Because judges have a right to microchip you? Are you kidding me? Um, so let's see that Senate bill 858. Yeah. So those are the three ones I wanted to bring to your attention. I mean, those are huge. We talked about many other, uh, bills and, and new pieces of legislation, uh, throughout the years. There's some other ones I wanted to review before the video today, and I did not have a chance to do that. Um, but every single Republican is in favor of those crazy kinds of policies. And I say every single Republican. Let me be clear, those bills that we were talking about just now were from 2020. So every single Republican who was in office as a state rep or senator in 2020 in Michigan was in favor of those three things. Now, I will say, caveat, the Senate Bill 858 might have had some opposition in the Senate, but again, Mike Shirky, who was the Senate Majority Leader at the time, purposely waited until all of us went home before he reconvened and had Senate come back into session that night. So I had to hear it, you know, on my phone instead of being there in person. Not that I was allowed in by Lee Chatfield into the House session that day, but it, that's another story. Um, okay, so... Um, okay. So anyway, my point is, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, because again, I've known some of these people since before they were in office, like State Rep. Steve Johnson and Boba Fave and uh, Shane Hernandez and Thomas Albert and Julie Kelly and the list goes on and on. Okay. Angela Regis. She's not in office yet, but she's the Republican nominee in a heavily conservative district. So anyway, um, I've known these people for years, so I can't remember necessarily I, at this point with how crappy I feel. I'm sure you guys can see in the video. I'm like still sweating profusely. Um, look, see? Oh, you can't tell me. Um, anyway, terrible. <laughs> at any rate, um, so I'm not in my A game, but I am... 95% confident that Shane Hernandez was a state rep in the Michigan legislature in 2020. I'm 95% confident I had a personal face-to-face -face conversation with a good friend of mine that day on April 30th, the bill, the day they voted on Senate Bill 858 as amended in the House. <laughs> anyway, uh, and that personal good friend of mine was uh, State Representative Shane Hernandez's um, uh, staffer 
I don't know what his exact title was, but he was a staffer and traveled with him that day. And so Shane and I, pretty sure that was Shane, pretty sure I'm not losing it. Uh, Shane and I saw each other and Shane knew what I was there opposing. And Shane continued to support some of those things. Now, even if those were the only three bad votes he did, I just felt the obligation to remind you. Now, you do with that information what you will. I know nothing about Rolf Rebrandt. I know nothing about any of the other choices you might be considering if you are considering um, voting for um, somebody else at the state convention this weekend for the position of LG. What I am advocating vehemently for is for you to vote by voice no to everything that they try to do by voice vote doesn't matter what it is vote, vote it down get an actual vote a legitimate indisputable on paper ballot as it would be with tellers like my friend Dwayne and others who will be actual real people not machines counting these votes so turn down i'm even asking you to voice vote down my friend christina caramo not because i think you should vote against her on paper but because i think the process needs to be legitimate and not to offer speed and convenience to the election process so at any rate, that is my that is my one big goal out of all of this is that I'm encouraging you, I'm begging you, I'm urging you to do your part to vote down anything try to be done by voice vote, quite frankly, anything. And then have your voice be heard after you've done your own research, you've done your own homework, you know who you want in those positions. And I would like to think at this point, because there was a fully exhaustive process done in April in, this, in the spring convention for AG, Secretary of State, the justices, the State Board of Education members, uh, Wayne State, Michigan State, University of Michigan board, that those positions would be ones that you feel confident you should reaffirm in this nomination process. But for LG, it's a brand new ball game. It's like in the appeals world, if you were listening to our, <clears throat> our show, I think it was last week that we had on appeals. It would be a review de novo, brand new. So the candidate for LG, you should think in your mind, it does not matter to you what Tudor Dixon or quite frankly, what President Trump wants. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a never Trumper. Um, I'd love to meet the man someday and maybe we can fight in freedom, you know, situations together at some point. Heck, we're in the same state. But I don't care what he says about Shane Hernandez. He had a short conversation with someone who has no history in Michigan politics or in the freedom fight that none of the grassroots people really knew of until she decided to put her hat in the ring. And I know Shane Hernandez. I know him better than Tudor. I know him better than President Trump. And he's a wonderful, smart, kind person. He's funny as all get out. He's the kind of guy you want to hang out with. But what you need to know 
is his record and as a state rep, how he voted on Senate Bill 858 from 2020, uh, House Bill 5672 from 2020, and House Bill uh, 6032 and the rest of the package in 2020. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm sorry, I gotta share this. I. Um, I wish I could make that bigger. Jane, I love you. Just, I mean, as a reminder, Lori and I love you to pieces. I wish I could see you more frequently. Um, Jane says, I'm sorry. If you try to microchip me, we're going to dance. Any of you who might not know Jane, she doesn't mean dance. This woman is heavily armed every day of the week, including Sunday. And the only thing I think she loves more than her ability to have these firearms and her personal freedoms is her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, um, Lori, what do you think? Is that Does that sum up Jane? Lori, Lori's texting Jane, I bet, right now. <laughs> no, sorry, I forgot I muted myself. <laughs> yes, uh sums up but we could probably go for hours on her <laughs> well and again um stephanie i'm gonna put stephanie's comment up here um stephanie let me be clear and maybe maybe you and i just see the issue differently i'm not saying we should oppose any i don't ha i don't have reasons at this stage to oppose any of the people who got the endorsement out of the spring convention what i'm saying is that the process is, is illegal it's unconstitutional it's not legit in any way shape or form and it denies people of those rights that we were talking about earlier so the process sucks so everybody should do a voice vote of no for any of the things that are voice voted. And as soon as it goes to paper, then I think you should, because of how the process was essentially fully vetted and it took a long time earlier and the candidates, whatever, that people should then, my opinion is, people should vote to approve of the candidates that were already endorsed, like Christina and Matt, et cetera, um, endorsed by the party, not Trump. That's not who we're talking about. So at any rate, um so stephanie if you have a um I, i'd be curious if you and i agree on that aspect or if you're thinking nope i'm okay with the speed and convenience of elections and i think we should just voice vote whatever um i'd be curious to know what your thoughts are on that and it's okay if we have differing differing opinions i just i'm curious to know uh ryan on youtube says our county chair in ottawa county uh, hold on Sounds like there's a county chair in Ottawa County that might not be fully accurate. No, no, that would never happen. By the way, FYI, if you're interested in anything that prior county chairs in Ottawa have done uh, or things that have been done to oust even prior, prior county chairs in Ottawa County, please uh, go to my website or watch the videos that I have on YouTube and Facebook from around November and December and January and February of 20, uh, 2020, 2021. So anyway, just a little note there. Uh, you can also read emails that were shared with the um, executive committee from, uh, you know, Ottawa uh, 
Republican Executive Committee. Our county chair in Ottawa County told us that if we go against Tudor's nominee, she could assign the LG to whatever she felt like if they don't get along. Reading to kindergartners. Okay, so I think what this person is saying is let's say you pick Ralph Rebrandt. Let's say the delegates picked Ralph Rebrandt or anybody else. Uh, Stephanie, I think, was our example earlier. Let's say the delegates picked Stephanie as the lieutenant governor nominee for the Republican Party, and uh, Tudor decided she hated Stephanie. Well, then the county chair told Ryan here on YouTube that Tudor could then just assign Stephanie to just read to kindergartners all day and not have any position of authority whatsoever. That's a load of garbage. Uh, some of the positions are written in statute, uh, not positions. Some of the responsibilities that the lieutenant governor would have would be in the constitution. They would be in statute and in other uh, procedures that Tudor has no control over. So again, this isn't coming from Tudor. So I'm not picking on Tudor in this moment. I'm picking on the person who's perpetrating this dumbass information that's misinformation at best. Um, no, Tudor can't assign the LG to just read the kindergartners and do nothing else. Um, but if I had the opportunity to be the official kindergartner reading representative from the state of Michigan, you damn straight, those kindergartners would know the Bill of Rights by the time they got to the first grade. There's a lot that could be done in any position that you're in. And Lori, if you make those smirks, it's, it's going to throw me off my game because I'm not going <laughs> to... Um, but let's see, was there Stephanie okay. followed up? No, a no vote on endorsed candidates will turn this process into a circus and a lot of confusion, contention and chaos. Okay. So Stephanie's talking about voice votes are not against the rules. You're right, Stephanie. They're not against the rules. They're against state law. They're against the Constitution, even more so. So you're right, though. They're not against the party rules. But uh, at any rate, that's uh, Stephanie was uh, doing me the kind favor of responding to my, my inquiry about what our uh, disparate points of, of conversation were. Uh, and then Stephanie's concern is that if there's a no vote, a voice vote for no on endorsed candidates, it will turn the whole process into a circus. There'd be a lot of confusion. Um, well, hold on, let me do one at a time. I'm trying to address Stephanie's comments and I should do it in order here. Um, there'd be a lot of confusion, um, contention and chaos. There's going to be confusion, there's going to be contention, and there's going to be a certain amount of chaos if the party uh, chair and convention chair and other officers were doing their damn jobs, then there wouldn't actually be that much chaos. And there would be clarity to the process, no matter who wins or loses, uh, but they're not doing their jobs. And um, it, that's what, even in years where there hasn't been as much contention by far, there's just been oh yeah we're just going to accept this person or do that or whatever 
even in those years that we've had that, in my opinion, were far less contentious, there was still an absurd amount of confusion and chaos because party leadership sucks. And it still sucks, even though we're finally getting some grassroots people into those positions, but that's just me. Um, so, um, anyway, I, I don't remember where the other one was, so I'm just going to go with this. Um, okay. Um, I think you were talking about state laws, say, says ballot. That was a question right after. Possibly. Uh, I thought there was something else we needed to cover, but I don't remember. And at this point, I'm a hot mess, Raised. literally, physically <laughs> hot mess. Um, I probably need to go lay down. So, because uh, I need to be able to vote, and I could just go vote right now, but because um, I'm not contagious, jellyfish bites or stings are not contagious. Um, and Mike only got stung on his little tiny toe. I got my whole damn leg stung. I mean, come on, where's karma in that? Although, as uh, Christopher Toma, I think, or no, 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 it wasn't him. Somebody else on Facebook I saw. Um, wrote yesterday or the day before something about karma is not of God. And I joke and, and talk about karma a lot, um, but that is correct. Karma itself is not of God. So at any rate, um, I also really don't want things uh, to go badly for my husband ever, because that's just not the way to handle things as a worldview as Christians, right? But certainly not for the man that I live with and love. So um, Dwayne, it was a pleasure to have you on board with us today for this uh, wild ride, and I look forward to hearing some reports. In fact, maybe you want to come on next Tuesday to talk about what happened at the convention on uh, Saturday or any of the things before or after convention to update people. That would be great. Uh, you and or anybody else that you think would be someone good to make some reporting. In fact, I think I know of someone that we could ask to do that. Uh, I'm sure, Laura, you and I might be envisioning the same person if we think about that. Um, mm -hmm. Someone also not afraid to get on camera. But anyway, uh, so I thank you um, very much to all of you who... Um, <laughs> I uh, thank you to all of you who have joined us today, uh, been participating in the discussion. Whether you agree with me or not, great. But the more you can hear about the Constitution, that is my ultimate goal. So uh, I look forward to seeing some results from today's primary election in the state of Florida. I hope that my chosen candidates win. And um, I hope to Here's some good results from the Michigan uh, Republican Fall Convention uh, that is happening this coming Saturday. And make sure to go vote on our True or False Tuesday poll. And uh, of course, come back tomorrow for our Wednesday Way to Get Involved Challenge and our Thursday Constitution segment recap, which if I'm still feeling crappy, might very well just be me sharing the presentation slide. And uh, of course, on Friday, we will have our freedom fighting tools. Uh, Saturday, a restore freedom goodie of the week. And Sunday, our biblical insight. 
And I look forward to seeing you on additional social media platforms as I continue to figure out coding and whatnot on our new website and can integrate a lot more. That was lightning. That's interesting. Uh, so thank you so much to all of you. Please make sure to hit the like button and share. Hit that subscribe button as well if you're watching us on YouTube or any of the other social media platforms where you can subscribe. And one last note to leave you with. Um, I do have my normal cross that's uh, on my necklace here. But if you happen to have been eyeing my beautiful necklace here and thought you would want one yourself, uh, I would suggest to you that uh, you cannot get an exact replica of this one made by the none other stunning, amazing Miss Emma Henry. But I, in case you don't know, I live on donations. All the work I do is for free for we the people. And I can't afford to keep her in any kind of extracurriculars at this point. Um, my husband is not a billionaire either, and I still have a lot of student loans, and we have four kids, et cetera, et cetera. So at any rate, um, she has decided she loves gymnastics down here, but at $90 a month uh, or so, we simply can't afford it. But she has said she would be more than willing to make necklaces of uh, different color groups. She's eight. She can't pick uh, exact beads and things like that at, at uh, the view. But if you would like to help Emma in her journey for uh, gymnastics education, uh, then please let us know in some way. And for $12 to cover shipping and the cost of food needs, it will give her a few dollars in her pocket to for her gymnastics dues of $90 a month, and she would be glad to make those. Emma, are you ready? I forgot I told her at 12.05 I was gonna call her in. <laughs> that's my bad, that's my, that's my joke talking. Emma, come here. She was um, wanting to do, she was being prepared to Give you her little spiel to introduce herself in about five seconds or less. All right, come on, baby girl. I wish I was wearing something that didn't have strap or didn't have all this. Okay, nice and loud. No, no, nice and loud, girl. Yo. My name is Emma, and I all right so you heard it here that is miss emma henry and she's eight years old and would love to be able to make a necklace for you for twelve dollars so she can ship it to you and have a few dollars to go into that savings towards some gymnastics classes that are ninety dollars a month down here uh so and if you know of soccer in volusia county beachside let me know please because we'd love to get her back in that and hopefully it'd be cheaper anyway thank you so much everyone uh, we appreciate each and every one of you, and we look forward to seeing you next Tuesday at noon for our next live episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Bye. <laughs>